Thank you guys. I love coming here. I'm, I'm so proud of Jason, Sue, and the team. And uh, it was the team too. We're always part of a team. Just seeing what we're doing in this community. God gave us a love for Mullerton. Uh, we realized that it was a, an area where churches were struggling to become established. And we just put our head down and um, we work for the Lord and just seeing how God is blessed. And uh, we're hoping to take over the whole of the center. And we're going to change the name <laughs> to, uh, yeah, the church center. And uh, we're trusting God for the future because God has got great plans. Awesome habits. Oh, my word. Isn't that domino example so true? That the little things that we do uh, are the dominoes in our lives. You know what? It's not really the big special decision so much. For example, it's not so much the lady or the guy that you choose to marry, but it's rather how the habits of the couple impact <laughs> the marriage. It seriously is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have married her or maybe I shouldn't have married her. No, 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 no. Your habit. That's why sometimes when people get divorced and remarried, it happens three or four times because they take their habits with them into every marriage. So your habits are, are crucial. And um, I think we've all experienced the frustration of bad habits. It's actually rather sad that when we talk about habits, we talk about bad habits. But I want you to think about it. Isn't it amazing and great when, when you're able to establish a good habit? Uh, because the benefits uh, are exponential. I think the, the, the benefits of a good habit actually are like the dominoes. Um, it makes uh, an amazing difference in our lives. And I always think about Daniel. He's probably one of my great heroes because he was a man of such incredible character and integrity. He was never the king. Funny enough, all the guys in the Bible who weren't kings uh, managed to go through their lives. <laughs> There's something about being a king and all the focus being on you. But uh, Daniel served two incredible world empires. First with the Babylonian, he arrived there as a slave. Then when the, the Persians crushed Babylonia, instead of them crushing him, he stayed on and became an even more significant administrator in the Persian Empire. And, you know, it all stemmed from the fact that Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day. And that was it. Everybody in those administrations knew that when it was prayer time, he stopped what he was doing, went home, went up to the upper room, opened the windows, and prayed. And what it did was it steadily and consistently developed his character, his wisdom, his perspective. And, uh, and the Bible tells us he was greatly favored throughout his life. And we know the greatest favor of all was when they tried to trap him, um, his peers, by getting the king to sign a decree that for 30 days no one could pray to anyone except the king. Uh, and, of course, Daniel didn't blink. Um, and they managed to trap him because he wasn't going to stop praying to God. But when he was in the lion's den, God shut the mouth of the lions. And there is so much favor from God when we develop good habits. So I'm, um, I want to say this as well, and I think we all know it, all healthy habits are uphill habits. Would you agree with me? They don't form naturally. It just doesn't happen. 
Uh, you know, you don't say one day, you know, I was starving and I was just craving some sugar. And I don't know what happened. I just found myself eating raw carrots and celery sticks. I don't know what it is. I just developed this habit. I don't know where it came from. I eat raw carrots. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's a choice. <laughs> I just want a hamburger. I will eat this celery stick. Um, so it's uphill. There is pain. Remember, there's no gain without pain. That is so important. Uh, so today I want to talk about the healthy exercise habit. Okay. Um, so I'm saying healthy exercise habit because I'm not referring to your shuffle from the couch to the fridge. And, but neither am I talking about weird over exercise that's going to rip the discs in your back, um, tear your hamstring, and uh, pop your shoulder. Not talking about those habits. There's a lot of people around uh, who have got injuries from overexercise. I'm talking about reasonable, healthy exercise. So you guys all with me? Um, yeah. This is a discipline, as Jason said, that I've successfully developed over the years. I want to say this. I have developed it slowly and incrementally over decades. Um, I never rushed in somewhere and started pushing big weights and doing this and doing that. A lot of people think, oh, I could never do that. Yes, you couldn't do it. Um, I'll be honest with you, the exercise I do, because I, I go to gym, um, if I did that 20 years ago, they would have been taking me out on, on one of those um, stretches. Seriously, I, I, I would be in big trouble. But it's slowly and consistently. And if, if, if you agree that you need to exercise, you can also walk. They're saying walking is so good. Maybe you're saying, I can't afford a gym. But you can uh, buy a couple of small weights on Take A Lot. Uh, you know, there are so many YouTube videos on exercise. You can do it if you want to. But there's lots of different ways of focused exercise. So I really want to encourage you. Um, and I want to talk, I'm talking about exercise that strengthens you. Guys, the word is strengthen. We need to strengthen. Uh, when you're a teenager or possibly in your early 20s, uh, you can sleep, you can eat hamburgers, you can do what you want, and somehow you seem to remain strong. Although, listen to me on diet, I, I was with a, a, a top cardiologist, and he said that, they started opening up uh, uh, teenagers who were killed in the Vietnam War and found that already the hamburgers were causing problems in the, uh, in the arteries. So um, you might think it's fine to eat, stuff yourself with a hamburger at 15. That hamburger will come back to bite you a couple years later. But I want to just quickly tell you my story. Um, I was always um, energetic, um, always a person who believed in exercise as a young adult, in my 20s, when I got married, my wife and I would separate. When we got home, she would go to gym. I would run. I did a fair bit of running. Um, I refereed rugby. Um, but as I think in most families, you, start, you, you have your own children. Your work presses, pressures are increasing. Um, and every year, you kind of just put on a little bit of weight. Don't they say that? And you get to a point where when you smell food, you put on weight. And that's, that's really not good. You just smell it and it's half a kg on. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, when you're young, you don't believe you're ever going to get there, by the way. And I've got some friends who are skinny. They look like a, a raincoat on a hanger. 
that are now have got big boops. Uh, it happens if you allow yourself just to naturally get there. So you guys all with me. I'm going to mention my dad um, because he plays quite a role in my change. He was one of these incredible pastors, um, started a lot of churches, but he was a seven-day-a-week pastor. Um, he got up at half past four in the morning, uh, went to bed late. Um, and um, I could see when he got into his 50s that things weren't so lucky anymore. And uh, wherever he visited, in those days, if the pastor visited, you came out with everything from fat cook to Maltair to curry, because he started a lot of churches in Durban. And look, I grew up on curry and briyani, and it's different to any curry you get here. Uh, Western Cape curry is not the same. You know, you go, to, you go to the restaurant, I say, is the curry hot? Yes. I come from Durban. No, it's not hot. <laughs> I must have been away from Durban so long that I can't take that extreme curry anymore. But you know what? I used to talk to him and say, Dad, your diet, aren't you exercising? He always say, son, mind your own business. Me and God will look after myself. He died of a massive heart attack. That's it. One day he was there. He was actually on a, um, on a crusade in Johannesburg, ministering there, and he just simply dropped dead. And that had a tremendous, terrible effect on the family. My mom, he wasn't prepared. Uh, no one was prepared. He didn't, uh, oh, no, he didn't have any insurance policies, nothing. And that affected us uh, tremendously. And then, you know what? I got into my 40s. And uh, that's kind of when I think I met Jason. And I started gym. Um, but you know, it's a funny thing. You, you're in gym and then you're out of gym, uh, depending on the circumstances. Uh, but when I hit 50, I hit trauma. Um, it traumatized me because my dad died in his 50s. I know it sounds ridiculous. I became utterly obsessed with the fact that this was the decade in which my dad died. It became unnatural, unreasonable. Um, I probably should have seen a therapist, but no one recommended one. And um, so I had to do self-therapy because I realized that uh, this affected me badly. But what I had to do was to take that obsession and those fears, understand them, and then bring some good out of it. Um, so what happened, I just began to step things up. I'm so glad that I did. I'm seriously glad I did. I slowly stepped up, stepped up, stepped up until the, the day my dad died. My, my goal was to get beyond that. That was ridiculous. You're 50s today. But I got to a point where I was gymming five days a week and gymming hard. Um, I would do three spinning classes a week. Um, I would do one and a half uh, super circuits or two super circuits, up, down, up, down, do the exercise, up, down, up, down. And to be quite honest with you, um, you know, I've got, I got to a point where I think most teenagers, not teenagers that are obviously playing sports seriously, I could uh, take them out. I mean, that's still today. No, seriously. Anyone wants to take me on, they're welcome. <laughs> um, no, um, look, I realize that, um, you know, the weird thing is I'm closer to 70 than 60. Um, and I'm still way stronger than I was at 45, way stronger. Okay. You know what I've realized? You can do it. When I was young, anyone my age had one foot on a banana skin and the other foot in the grave. No, seriously. No, I mean, I mean how many people lived over 70 in the old days? 
Um, you know, you just, you just allowed yourself to descend into bad health, live healthy habits, and wait to die. Um, and, uh, and guys, that doesn't have to happen. And please don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, not super, I'm no super athlete, or, and I also backslide sometimes. And we went on a cruise. I started well, ended badly. I mean, <laughs> eating uh, pudding twice a day. I mean, how do you do when there's just rows and rows of puddings and everything? Under? <laughs> you know what? Imagine being on a cruise. You're at the swimming pool. And there's all these, like, restaurants around there. Incredible hamburgers, pizza, ice creams. You don't have to pay for it. You just walk up and say, I'll have that. I'll have that. The first day, I said, I'm not doing it. The best pizza. Just have one, have one. That's fine. I have a hamburger. I'll have a hot dog. Best hot dogs. Just stop paying for it. How do you let that go? Anyway, sorry, that's not in my sermon. I didn't mention that in the first message. That's going to hold me back. Okay. I tell you what frustrated me about my dad and afterwards, firstly, his life was totally unbalanced. I mean, seriously, he believed putting your family on the altar, putting your life on the altar. Um, and guys, uh, guys, that's not healthy. And I'm going to talk about balance. Then exercise was simply a low priority. If, it's, if your health and your strength is a low priority, I promise you there's a million things that will come your way. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, he was unwilling, really, to take his health seriously. You know, God will look after me. Um, you know, the, the old, um, in the King James, uh, bodily exercise profiteth little. And um, he wasn't prepared to really give much time and attention to his health. He thought Jesus would come back first. Can I tell you, but he lived a stressful life. He was always planting churches, always hassling, always dealing with stuff. I'm telling you, there has been increase in young people dying without a doubt. I remember a few years ago, you know, it's funny, you do a funeral and you chat to the undertaker. And he said to me, business is good. No, business is good. We're expanding. No, seriously. Um, can I tell you something? I, I, guys, how many of you are, you all think you're going to live to 95? I'll never forget the day I finished doing my sermon. And I walk, I can see where I was. I walked to the kitchen to have lunch. And God said, someone's going to hear you preach for the last time. A lady of 50 died of a heart attack on Monday at work. Um, her family are in the church though. But that was had a massive effect on that family for a whole lot of different reasons. Um, and we went through a patch where we definitely buried more people in their 40s than older. Um, guys, you, you can say what you like. Uh, in, my, in my group in the church, there was a group of us. Three of us died in their 40s. Um, so you might sit there and think, oh, you know what? I'll get down to some exercise. I'll kind of sort my diet out. I'm telling you, it's spiritual because you know what? The most important thing when I try to evaluate is I think my dad died too young. I think God had a lot more for him. Firstly, he would have loved his grandchildren. He would have been a great grandfather. And, and just my, this one grandchild was a tiny baby, not my child. Uh, when he died. I think the family was robbed. You know, you might think, oh, who cares? I tell you, I can give you a hundred reasons why it would have been way better for my dad to have lived quite a few years longer than that. Um, so let me have a look at these three points because uh, I went on this evaluation and I, I, tried it to, I tried to get the right motivation and understanding of why I should exercise consistently rather than just the old man died and maybe I'll die as well. Um, 
Firstly, just the fact that God is seriously interested in our health. He really is. And for example, what was the thing? Well, Jesus came to represent God. Okay, God in flesh. What did he do most of the time? He healed people. <laughs> and the first time his disciples went into ministry, he sent them out. We read in, in, in Luke 9 verse 6. He authorized them to heal. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news. There was the gospel and healing people everywhere. But let me tell you, I believe that God is more interested in prevention than cure. Guys, let's be honest. It's way better for you sitting here to deal with your health issues rather than later on when it's too late. Um, I found out I had high cholesterol like my dad. I was just 40. And the doctor said, if you ever had a cholesterol test, I said, that's a waste of time. I've got the best blood pressure in the world. He said, anyone in your family die of a heart attack? Yes, my dad. How old was he? He says, you having the test tomorrow. And there was the high cholesterol. And, uh, and you know what? You see a group of people, old people, it's normally ladies. Where are the husbands? They're all dead because they refuse to be tested, refuse to check on their health. Refuse to have that test that every man has to have once a year. Um, no, I'm not, not me. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Guys, I can tell you one million stories about guys that died when they shouldn't have. If they'd just gone to the quack. Okay, they call them quacks. I don't know. I'm not going to need a doctor. Doctor miss me. I only wants my money. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, it started off with not living a good lifestyle, hey? bad lifestyle, and then not going to the doctor equals early death. Okay, there we are. So let's move on. God is interested. Do you know what God did in, in the wilderness? Um, the nation of Israel came out of Egypt. And the first thing he did was he left them in this wilderness for a while, and he fed them with manna and quails. Now, I don't know what the manna was. I just know that it, it was tasteless health food. It obviously it kept them going. It's so interesting how the stuff that tastes yummy is bad for us. And all the good stuff tastes like cardboard. Isn't that so? Um, but let me tell you, uh, Caleb and Joshua were the two guys who came through the 40 years, because, also because of the attitude, by the way. They were in, in tip-top health. I want to ask you, are you making choices with the food you eat? It's got to make good choices. But then you know what God did? He forbade them to take horses and chariots from Egypt. So uh, they took a lot of jewelry uh, and, 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 and kind of things from, from the Egyptians to, to fund them. Uh, but they weren't allowed ever until Solomon. Solomon was the first guy to buy horses. So when they went into battle, they had to run. They had to be fit. They had to run. Their enemies would be in horses and chariots. There's a, there's a, brilliant, a sermon I preached some back in the day when Adam was still alive, about how this battle where they, um, the enemy came at them with horses and chariots, and they were terrified. God said, you stay on foot. But during all those years, they walked. No horsepower. You and I have great horsepower under the bonnets of our motor cars. And when we go on holiday, we use the car to go from the cottage to the swimming pool, don't we? Anyone here like that? You don't walk anywhere. Guys, it's a mistake. It's a big mistake. And then we say to God, oh God, please heal me. I don't want to die young. God's saying, well, just, just have a look at the Israelites. 
I mean, at least they walked. And, um, and then, you know, during this whole evaluation period, God took me to Caleb and Joshua, particularly, Caleb's my hero. And what I loved about this, God gave me this word and I prayed about it for several years. And then a guy with a prophetic ministry, the only time he's ever prophesied over me, anyone's ever prophesied over me for public, said God is giving him the calling to be like Caleb. Um, but you know what? It, so often when God gives us a prophetic word, we take the word, we don't realize the process that has to be followed to get there. And what happened was I had a positive attitude after 40 years in the desert. Caleb is now 85, and he, he's salivating. He wants to get into battle. And God, had, Moses had promised him back in the day. And this is what he said, Joshua 14, verse 11. I am as strong now, fantastic, as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight. Travel means walk and run. He says, I can run. I can walk. I can still do it as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. Some of us have got promises from the Lord, but we're getting older and we're letting go of them. He says, you will remember that as scouts, that's the 12 spies, we found the descendants of Anak living there. That is, they were giants in great walled towns. That is what terrified the other spies. But, the Lord, but if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out. I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. What did we get from this guy? What did I get from the scripture? He was physically fit and healthy, point number one. He had a vision based on God's promises. And because he was healthy, he could hold on to the vision. He was a person of confident faith. Guys, can I tell you, there's got to be some confident faith if you want to go on this journey, because I tell you, there are many times you don't want to exercise. You can't even see the value. But confidently, you get on there and you do that exercise. He believed he would drive out the giants and breach the walled cities. He was inspired from within. Guys, when you're healthy and you're fit, it's way easier to be inspired. He was full of energy and spark, full of the joy of life. You know what? It's funny, even in the workplace, it's funny how a successful company or business can go off the boil because the senior employees or the owners burn out. They, they're off the cutting edge. They're not fit anymore. The vision isn't there. The perspective isn't there. I want to tell you, there are so many, many benefits from you guys working on your physical fitness, spiritually as well. It's going to benefit your relationship with God incredibly. So firstly, God's interested in your health. He wants prevention rather than cure. Secondly, guys, this whole thing about health is part of what I believe is a balanced life. Healthy exercise takes time. It takes energy. It takes sweat and has to be a definite choice. Guys, you're not going to find yourself at the gym. What you will find yourself is lying on the couch with a TV remote in one hand and your social media in the other. It's easy. You're not going to just find yourself a job. I do. Do you know that when I get in my car and I leave work, you know what my iPhone tells me? Every day. How many minutes to Virgin Active? Sunningdale. Because that's where I go every day after work. I don't know how the jolly thing does it, but it pops up. Seven minutes, eight minutes. (laughs) 
to Virgin Active. It says, Virgin Active Sunningdale. That's what my iPhone tells me. Because it's a habit. If I didn't go, it's like weird. Then I feel unhealthy. I feel fat. Um, I feel like I, I just feel terrible. Because, and you know the interesting thing about exercising after work? That exercise helps you to leave the, leaves the burdens of work behind. Sometimes we can't sleep at night. Because we've gone from work, we've gone home, and we're carrying all this stuff with us. Guys, you know what? You don't have to exercise for two hours. The 16-year-old kid uh, and, 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 and the big, huge guy that's not married hunkers down for two or three hours. You, I get in and get out. If I'm doing cardio, I hit it hard for 45 minutes. If I'm screaming around that gym, 45 minutes is fine. Just put earphones in, otherwise all the people in the church will talk to you. That's what Dina does. You ever go to gym with Dina? <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> Dina Chikatella. I've been there. I walked up to the Dina, you're not working. You're talking. <laughs> guys, you, guys you, can hit, you can go for a walk outside your house. Get home. Walk around the block. It's a choice because you understand the power of balance. That scripture that is on your wall, I never thought about this. God spoke to me through the scripture. Luke 10, 27-28. This is about the whole issue of what's the most important commandment of the Bible. Jesus asked him what it is. He comes back to Jesus. It says that the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Jesus told him, do this and you will live. In other words, you will live with the joy of life. You will have abundant life. You will have an experience that will be worth having. Do this and you will live. Some of us are not living. Interesting. Matthew also writes about that. Matthew doesn't put the word strength in. Matthew was a tax collector who worked on his computer. And he's the guy that had a party where all the unsaved guys that Jesus invited. He was a party guy. He loved dining out. He loved meals. So you know what? He just didn't put the word strength in. Do you know what Luke was? Luke was a doctor. He knew that when Jesus said, serve the God with your strength, he wasn't playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. All your strength. Your power, your might, your muscle strength, your vigor. You know, I work on exercises. The last thing I don't want to do is not be able to turn. A friend of mine told me that he couldn't turn a tap and his wife had to turn it. Look, that burned in my brain. The day somebody's got to open a bottle for me. Help me, Jesus. I work. You know what? I do. I, I, do, I lean over. I do, I, I do 24s. I don't want someone, people say, can I carry your case? Are you mad? The day someone's got to carry my case, carry me away. You've got to, you, guys, you cannot get weak. Because you will be pinned down on that couch. And between the couch and the doctor, the couch and the doctor. Right? Anyone agree with me? Tenacity, toughness. Listen, if we read that scripture, your strength can determine the lid on your relationship with God. Let me tell me something. When I am weak and sick and all over the place, I don't pray. 
Oh, it's a quick prayer. It's a help me prayer. I'm not praying for the church. I'm praying for me. I can't worship properly. I can't serve properly. I'm going to start missing church because I'm always tired, always stressed, always sickly. Okay. It's a lid. Then, you know, the other thing, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know what? My greatest gift to you is a healthy me. My greatest gift to the church is a healthy me. You see, love your neighbor. And we always talk about it. Love people. Love people. Relate to people. Love God. Love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. And guys, I don't want to go down a weird thing. Because people can use love your neighbor to, to, um, to basically promote self-centeredness. One thing about exercise, you've always got to challenge your heart because it can become a self-centered thing. <laughs> Who's watching me? Right. Guys, we can slip over. We're saying we want to be healthy for a good and a godly purpose. Okay, so you guys with me. But guys, that's what my dad didn't do. He did not invest in himself. The only way you're going to be, have a high level of love for yourself, because he says, love others as the same way, similarly as you love yourself. If you're not going to invest time and money and rest and holidays in yourself, you're just going to be that grumpy, stressed out person. When you come into the room, the temperature drops. You become negative. Listen, when you're stressed out uh, and you're tired and you are sickly and you are not exercising, you are going to be negative. You are glass half empty, not glass half full. But that's, that, that's what I'm like anyway. I just run out and go to gym. I'm telling you, if I get too tired, then I, you know what I tell myself? You're not strong enough. I don't rest. I go to gym. I said, you know, I'm just going off to gym. What are you at a gym again for? Because I'm feeling tired. Seriously, if you're feeling tired, you're not strong enough. So strengthen yourself. Go for a run. Go for a walk. You can't feel tired and lie on a couch. That's. Because in a month's time, you're less strong than you were before. Because you've couched your way through your spare time. So look, burnout just think about the personal tank. Let's have that tank up. Everybody has a tank. And that tank is everything about you, your, soul, your body, your soul, your spirit. And everybody has an inflow and everybody has an outflow. Now, you think about it. When your business is, uh, is going through trouble and you've got three kids that are demanding your attention, wouldn't you agree that there's a massive outflow? <laughs> Your boss, your husband, the kids, the neighbors, uh, you name it, the dog, the cat, um, all of that sucks your outflow. And you can stand on your head and quack like a duck. You cannot change the fact that if your inflow is not equal or greater to your outflow, you are going to burn out. Some degree of burnout. And, and guys, it's important at least once a year to see this kind of picture. There's a very, what's the variation between your inflow and outflow? If you're at that stage of your life where everything's hectic, talk to your spouse. Because you've got to be able to do something that fills your tank. Because 10 to 1, if, if opposites have married, something different fills your spouse's tank. 
And your spouse can't understand why you don't want to do that, but it drains you. Right? Am I the only one who's had that experience? You've got, you've got to fill your tank. But let me tell you, it can't just be reading poetry. It's got to include exercise. There's got to be exercise in your tank filling. Okay. Let's move on because we need to close. Actually, we definitely need to close. Um, My third and last point is so important. We're called to live life on purpose. And that's God's purpose. I believe that the best way to stay healthy on a consistent basis is to have that motivation that's higher than just, I'm feeling good, I'll, I'll, I'll exercise. Or, you know, um, I've got to fit into my costume next week on holiday, so let me just try and trim down a bit. It's got to be higher. And what, what I thought when I evaluated my dad's early death, I thought, you know what? I do believe I've got more to give. I want to be at an age where the wisdom I've got, I can actually give because I haven't burnt bridges with everyone. I haven't said, yeah, the next generation, you're all lazy. You're all this rah, rah, rah. And I just can't understand the music you're listening to. Because in the old days, the older generation just cut themselves off. We never did this. You kids are doing rah, 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 rah. And you just, you just find there's this big divide. So you actually have no value to give. I want to be able to continue to give value. But I know that I need to be like Caleb. Otherwise, I must go out to pasture. I can't pretend to, be, to give value if I'm not. If you want to be valuable to your grandchildren, you think, you know what, I've, I, occasionally in a wedding, I've spoken to the couple about their grandchildren. They haven't even decided to have kids now, never mind grandchildren. But you know what happens when you don't realize it? Oh my word, I've suddenly got my first grandchild. How did that happen? But all of that comes down to purpose. And one last scripture, 1 Corinthians 9. That's what Paul said is a great scripture. Uh, passage from 25 to 27. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Guys, in a way, we are a spiritual athlete for God. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. Guys, if, if you're struggling with, with exercise, get involved in a sport where there's a competition, soccer or whatever it is, because that's definitely going to leave you to heading towards a prize if that's what you need. But we do it for an eternal prize. So our run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Guys, you've got to train your body. You've got to discipline your body to do what it should in every season of your life. You, need, you all want to do parenting well, don't we? At the different phase are. We want to do it well. So you've got to discipline your body. It's so interesting in Romans 12 verse 1 where it speaks about giving our bodies as a holy living sacrifice. He doesn't say give your heart. He says give your body. You see, you and I can love all the messages. Jason preached a great message. I, I quite like Graham. Sue knocked it out the park. And you take notes. But if that doesn't become action, if your body doesn't get into motion, all of that is good ideas. So it's your body that you've got to give as a holy sacrifice. And he says, this is your true worship. So, so guys, yeah, he didn't say, I lie on my couch with, pur- with purpose. He says, I run with purpose. 
Would you like to be a Caleb or a Calebess? I don't know what a female Caleb is. Caleb, Caleb is a new name. You can call your daughter Caleb. Um, guys, I'm asking you, or do you want to drift into old age and in and out of hospital? Guys, can I tell you something? I, I didn't say in the second service, bad miss. I see my current health as an incredible gift and grace from God. And I often say to people, you know what? By God's grace, I haven't had that diagnosis. Whatever that diagnosis is. I haven't had a major accident. I injured my back and God healed me. If that back hadn't been healed, I don't know where I'd be today. Because let's be honest, when your back's gone, you can do very little, can you? I see my health as a grace, as a gift. And I want to say this, if you're healthy now, whether you are 20 or 70, if you're healthy, thank God every day for your health and preserve it. Look after it for eternal purposes to be able to work for God. You guys all with me? Shall we pray? Let's stand on our feet. I, I actually believe, see, that's exercise. If you want to do something and stretch and want to go to gym afterwards, feel welcome. <laughs> want to go for a run? Just send us some Instagram shots. <laughs> Jason is. Jason's going for a massive run now. <laughs> uh, I don't go to gym over the weekend. but I wouldn't mind going, but we'll leave it till tomorrow. But let's just pray.